0: For over 500 straight weeks, the Sell More Book Show has brought you self-publishing news, tools, and tips, and we're just getting started. Now with rotating co-hosts from the greatest minds in self-publishing, we are truly ready to help you sell more books. I'm Brian Cohen, and on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sell More Book Show, episode 515. I'm Brian Cohen from Best Page Forward, joined by Ella Barnard from Author Like a Boss, who is also an author, successful author as well. So, Ella, you are awesome because uh I had to ask around because someone got sick at the last second. But you had been on my short list to talk to anyway. And I'm so glad you are joining us today. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Uh, I, I've, I've loved your brand for a while. I feel like you just the way you connect with authors as a mindful marketer and being conscious of where authors are at. Is really inspiring because I think that it's kind of easier to, to not position yourself that way. It's kind of easier to be like, Hey, and I know, I know you're not actively doing a ton of coaching right now, but, uh, it's kind of easier to say, I will get you the results and I will do all of the things, but to say like, no, we're conscious. We're mindful. Um, why do you feel like? That was part of 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 how you how you've presented yourself and your and your podcast
1: um I am part of it because <laughs> you're right one for one, you're right, you're right. It's a lot <laughs> easier to just be like you'll get these results um yeah, but i it turns out, like having done some like a becca's like the strength finders and stuff and looking at like I am a high relator. And I mm. really care about the people that I work with getting results. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: And, um, like, if I didn't care as much about people getting results, like, it, it means that I put a lot of myself into my my coaching and my courses. And having done that, I've realized that a lot of the things that keep people from having the success that they want is not just like a tactic or a strategy. It's usually a mindset or, um, it's usually a mindset thing. Like when I say mindset or, I mean, it's something in their mindset. mindset. Yeah. It's mindset (laughs) and, um, and being, and being conscious and mindful of your mindset and like having to like, because, because starting a business, which is essentially what you're doing as an author, like is one of the hardest things that you can do. Like you are going to have to come up against every single limiting belief you have about yourself in order to get to the success that you want. Because, you know, it's like, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to put my, especially for creative people. Like, yeah. especially because creative people are like kind of naturally putting their heart into it. And so it's like yeah. you're putting your heart out there and you're going to run up against every limiting belief that you have about yourself. And in order to, you know, be aware of them and get past them and move past them or resolve them somehow, it takes mindfulness and consciousness. And that's, yeah. and I'm really good at that. That's because that's kind of how I am. And so, approaching coaching like that. It's just the only way I could do it. It's the only way I can do it,
0: actually. Yeah. No, and I love that. Um, I had to check. I'm number nine relator. So mm-hmm. I yeah. feel you on the relator uh in in the strengths. Yeah, I mean honestly, you could say if you talk to another an author, a listener of this show, or a coaching student, or anybody, if they said Oh, this is holding me back. You could say in parentheses and mindset <laughs> it's yeah. always mindset can never be taken out of that equation,
1: yeah, and it's not the thing that's like I like to say like it's not sexy. it's not like here, <laughs> let me help you <laughs> dig in let me dig into your help you dig into your fears and like talk about them and address them so that you can make more money like nobody it's not a comfortable always a comfortable process
0: <laughs> so no. so oh, that's so true yeah. <laughs> i love that though no we're we're i'm excited because yeah. we'll be talking about mindset a little bit as we go on this uh with today's episode but yeah. once again i'm so glad you've joined us thank and thank you yeah let's let's go into the show a little bit mm-hmm. so uh a little bit of housekeeping i'll say that i have a book launch webinar how to Create the ultimate book launch checklist on Thursday at nice. two p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, spoiler alert: It's by putting less things on your checklist, but <laughs> um, that's part of it. That's not the whole thing. That would mm-hmm. be pretty a uh, pretty short webinar. But Ella, I know that you're focusing on your on your writing right now. What's What's next for you as far as what you're putting out there under your uh, under your books? Um, so like for for anybody
1: listening and who's like, oh, tips about writing, like tips about stuff. I I have a Substack author like a boss, and I have like one of the sections under my Substack is behind the pseudonym. So it's mm-hmm. where I'm kind of tracking what I'm doing with because I've started a new pen name. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so I've started a new pen name and am kind of uh just focusing on my writing more than coaching right now. Um which we can talk a little bit more about why later. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause I know we're talking about burnout in the episode. And so yes. it'll come up later. But yeah, I I I'm working on some some writing some uh romance novels and having fun playing with uh dragons in my head.
0: <laughs> oh, that's exciting. <laughs> yeah. That's very <laughs> exciting. Awesome. Um, so definitely go check out Author Like a Boss Substack to see what mm-hmm. Ella's talking about there. Previous week's question we asked you the listener, how did you get your first book edited and how has your editing process changed over time? Uh Colleen McGorman Kelly said, "My critique partners and I formed a cooperative press to publish under. We all have skills in different areas relevant to publishing." and trade them as part of being members rather than paying each other or someone else. One of our members is a professional editor, and she edits all of our manuscripts in return for my cover design and another member's marketing skills. Super smart. Um Takes being organized to to do it and everyone mm-hmm. buying in, but I, I love that. Um, you've got Logan's.
1: I've got Logan too. Russell said, I used a budget editor on Fiverr and it was bad but I didn't know that at the time. Then I used a combo of cheap copy editor plus self-editing. I found that the edits I got back were very formulaic and I suspected that they were just running my book through Grammarly or something similar. On my newest book, I took full control of copy editing and relied on alpha beta readers for developmental suggestions. Listening to my book on text-to-speech was the game-changing tool that helped me see my work objectively. I'm much happier with the final product now, but it takes a lot of time. Hmm.
0: I'm glad, Logan, that you recognized. Yeah, it does take time to get a full comprehensive edit, but hey, live and learn, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then Chris Fritchie said, I used Friends as beta readers for the first one and quickly realized I needed a professional editor slash proofreader. A writer friend recommended someone and it's been a game changer. I don't use beta readers now, but I do have a, a small advanced review copy team who are great at giving feedback. It is, it's is—it's pretty fun. I think that was Naomi Nakashima's question there uh, about editing, and we love uh, getting to hear everybody's responses to the questions of the week. You can always respond at sellmorebookshow.com or in the comment section in the Sell More Book Show After Party Facebook group. Well, let's go into the top story. Are you ready, Ella? I'm ready. All right, here we go. <laughs> Find another way. On February 15th, Find Findaway Voices, the popular distributor of audiobooks, changed its terms of service. And the self-publishing world exploded, according to a multitude of Facebook posts. The new TOS allegedly granted irrevocable royalty-free rights for their parent company, Spotify, to reproduce uh, the author's work, translate it, and even make derivative works, i.e. sequels or spinoffs. And it would be royalty-free as well. Basically, uh, said author Kevin McLaughlin on Facebook, quote, All works uploaded to Findaway can be used by their parent company, Spotify, in pretty much any way imaginable. These terms give insanely broad rights to Spotify. If you've got books in Findaway, take them out now, end quote. Backlash from authors came quickly, and before long, Findaway issued a statement claiming that the language in the new TOS was accidentally uh, copied over from their Spotify terms of service and would soon be corrected. When you look at the updated terms of service, quote, some of the terrible language is gone, says author Christine Catherine Rush, Uh, such as waiving moral rights and the creating of derivative works. It still will let them use your product to train AI, though, and other stuff. But to my surprise and their credit, they did change their terms of service, Rush said. Rush, however, still plans to keep her books away from Findaway, citing the troubles that musicians have had with Spotify for years. When asked her opinion of the company, Rush quoted Maya Angelou, quote, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time, end quote. <laughs> if you want to see the before and after of their corrected terms of service, follow the link in our show notes to Christine Catherine Rush's free post on Patreon. Ella, I'm sure you saw this as I did. People were talking about it. Yeah. Um, what was your reaction when you first saw both the the original terms of service and then uh, the the reversal? That came as um, our, a, a cat joins
1: us. Yeah, I know. I was like, and I'm just going to note that there, we might have, we might have visitors. We might have a cat. That's okay. My cat, my, my cat yeah. might come too. So it's okay. It's part of my brand.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, understood. Um, understood.
1: Um, I, I was not surprised. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not hugely surprised, but like my, my general perspective is that I'm um, I don't have like a super high opinion of corporations that have the priority of like pleasing and prioritizing their investors over yeah. <laughs> like the people that they're serving or the people and especially especially for um, platforms like uh, Spotify or like TikTok or anything where their business is built on the creativity of other people. <laughs>
0: Yeah, <laughs> Like,
1: like without the creative people making music or audio books or, or videos or like without the people that were that are participating in creating that stuff, they wouldn't have a business to begin with. And so um, not and I'm not saying all corporations do this and not all businesses do this, but the ones that don't. Um, value the creators, that <laughs> they value their investors more than the creators or the end users. I It's not surprising for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, corporations don't have us positioned as the number one uh, priority for them. And so it absolutely makes sense that things like this could happen if the priority level, like, whether or not it was a mistake, mm-hmm. and I don't know, I, I tried to be more optimistic about this on social media and, um, I, I, I saw some interesting comments from that optimistic perspective that, hey, it was mm-hmm. a mistake. It already got fixed. Um, and, and saying, Oh, well, everyone out there is saying, Oh, Brian, you sweet summer child. Mm-hmm. And just how I, I might have been a little naive about it because, I hadn't really also considered and and this is mentioned in the in the story as well, just that Spotify has not treated musicians very well, which has led to some high profile musicians pulling their music mm-hmm. from Spotify for potentially the same kind of reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we can't, yeah. we can't totally take it out of that.
1: I I <laughs> I personally, this is like, uh, just the way that I approach these kind of things, just generally yeah. my headspace around this is that, um, like, I, I think, I think it's okay to have like a, a perspective of like, Hmm, what's happening here? And like enough to protect myself or my, like as a. As an author, we can have this like, yeah. hey, let's not be dumb and ignore stuff. But then yeah. I then after I do the things that I need to protect myself, like you know, take your books out of find a wave or whatever it is that you need to feel comfortable, then I pivot my energy <laughs> mm. <laughs> away from it and I'm like, that's really lame, you know, Spotify. And then I'm like, yeah. but I don't really want to give you any more energy, so I'm going to take my books out and then I'm going to go focus on doing something that will help my business and I yeah. do something for my readers.
0: <laughs> that pivot, that pivot is so smart because how many people this week lost energy to this whole thing?
1: Yeah. It's it's just like like I'm not saying ignore it blindly, but at a certain point I'm like I I'm like, okay, yeah, that really sucks, and it's kind of as expected for me, like, and I'd rather put my energy like I only have so much energy, and so I'm like, well, yeah. now that I've taken care of myself,
0: I'm <laughs> yeah done move with on with our now. lives, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> love that, but love that, yeah,
1: um, but I have a question for you,
0: okay, what's the question? Okay.
1: I'm ready? Do you think there's anything that Findaway Voices and Spotify could do
0: to make up for the mistake and rebuild trust? Okay. So can Findaway and Spotify make up for this mistake and rebuild Mm -hmm. trust? I think there's only one way. And it's just like what we said. It's by positioning authors and creatives number one in this section of their business. Maybe they didn't already do this and they've already decided on this for music. But they saw that indies are plentiful and quick and they read things. And so (laughs) if you are going to try to sneak a contract by an indie, it's just not going to happen anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And I think that goes to show just how awesome the indie community is. But they would have to make a decision and they would have to show. They would have to demonstrate. It can't just be words. It needs to be actions. And they would have to do it for a long period of time where they are putting authors first. And unless they do that, I don't think they are ever going to regain the levels of trust that they had before because there was a certain level of trust just from partnering with Findaway Voices, which had been very Mm -hmm. indie friendly, but they lost that trust to get it back. They are going to have to put indies first. Yeah.
1: And I think, Personally, I think it's a a good like I think there's a lot of long term like short term gain versus long term gain, and I think in the long term, the it's a smart it's always a smart strategy to make situations win win win. Like if they can put the authors oh, yeah. first, the readers first, and their investors first, even if that means their investors make a like if they can make sure that everybody wins to an extent, even if that means like the invest like the investors make a little less, but long term, yeah, it's a smarter move to make sure that the creators of the content that you are dependent on <laughs> are yeah. happy because they don't have to go with you and they can take their readers with them.
0: <laughs> that is, I am a 100% in agreement with you, Ella, because yeah. that's the thing. And it w- would be the case with Amazon too. Mm-hmm. If authors or creatives were always put first, I do think it would lead to long-term success for the investors, but too often uh it's short-sighted. The moves that they mm-hmm. make are just thinking about the investors. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, that's a really good observation. I'm yeah. glad you're here. Um, <laughs> well let's let's go into the lightning round here. We kind of both like we, we danced around the the potatoes mm-hmm. here of wisdom, but let's go into the lightning round. I I know you recently listened to an episode, so you might know that we need to make a lightning sound. Um, And usually Mm -hmm. I let the guest make a lightning sound going into the lightning round. So Ella, do you have a lightning sound for us? Okay.
1: So this is really odd. It's the first thing that came up in my head. I've started watching anime recently and they do this. It's not a lightning sound, (laughs) but it's a really cute sound that they make when they eat something they go, oh, Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> Every I time they that. eat something they go, "Oh, yes." I
0: yes. don't know why
1: that's the first thing that came into my head, but it is. I, so,
0: that might be one of the best lightning sounds we've had. So, I'm I'm going to go with "Oh" as yeah. <laughs> our wonderful lightning sound for today. So, Ella, my question to you for the lightning round, will the backlash to Spotify do anything to allow others to enter the audiobook distribution market okay um (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, i i thought about this a little bit before we got on and so i was like i if generally speaking if there's a need for something then like if there's a need for more people to enter the audio like another Spot to open an audiobook distribution, then there is an opportunity there, right? There might be an opportunity there um, for that, but is it a need that readers have? Like, because businesses Mm -hmm. are around the final, the final product. So, do readers need another audiobook distribution markers? I don't market, you know, marketer. Like, maybe, maybe not. If somebody could step in and do it well you know, in a good way. That may be like, is there a need for authors? Probably. But so we might think it's a need as authors, (laughs) but we aren't actually the end user on this. It's the readers Mm -hmm. who are the end user. And so for them, the question is like, are they able to fill their library with books that they want to listen to? Like that's ultimately what it is. And, um, and can they easily get access to those? And so I think um, there might be an opportunity here for uh, authors on their own, like especially with Bookfunnel now distributing audio audiobooks. Yeah, that there's an opportunity for authors to do their audiobooks directly to the people who love their books.
0: I love that. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I know a lot of people who do the the, the direct with the mm-hmm. audiobooks, and it goes really really well for them. Uh, And so I love that thinking about the readers, that that's always a really good, a really good point of view to have. Who is the end user of this situation?
1: Yeah. Like, do we want one
0: as authors? Yeah.
1: And (laughs) is there an opportunity for somebody to step up? Like, is there a space, like besides Amazon? And like, is there a space? Probably, probably there is, but then there has to be somebody who wants to do that. Yes. And you it's know, not there has easy. To be somebody who's gonna step up. Yeah. <laughs> and
0: it takes money.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So as an author, I think it might be rather than depending on somebody else, it can be good to it might be an opportunity to be like, well, maybe this is a time for me to shine on my own.
0: Mm, love that. Love that. Yeah. I think you've got a question for me. Yes. I have a question.
1: Mm. Oh, my alarm's going off. Ah. It's a, it's a mid alarm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Question. Have you experienced burnout? How did you pull out of it all? Oh, well,
0: <laughs> I feel like we're passing the <laughs> alt, which I love. Um, so yes, I've absolutely experienced burnout and, and pulling out of it is difficult because as a high achiever and a high arranger and all of these, uh, uh, completing things skills, I almost uh, have always put myself worth around how many things did I check off my to-do list? How much did I get done? And that can be a problem when burnout makes you need to kind of not get things done for a little while so that you can recover. And so one of the things I did and that my therapist recommended to me was three full days unplugged uh three consecutive work days unplugged going into a weekend so that I could really get about 5 days unplugged and that meant not being on email it meant not being on my phone not being on social media and that really did help me did i fully recover from that no but that was enough to get me you know out of the hole and sometimes people are not willing to even just get themselves out of the hole they're going to push through they're going to push through and that's just going to lead to long-term health issues, long-term mental health issues. And so I really recommend a internet and technology detox. Mm. Okay. That's what's helped me. Awesome. So I have a question for you okay. related. So you've helped a lot of authors through your coaching, mm-hmm. through your Substack, through your, through your other work. What advice do you have to help authors avoid burnout in the first place, or to keep going after they have recovered? Hmm, okay. Um, I, I think like, this is like like
1: an in depth question. So it's like, my first thought (laughs) is like, stop comparing yourself and your processes to other authors. Because I think a Mm. lot of what happens is that authors burn out because they have this idea of what they're supposed to be doing (laughs) versus like, and so they're trying to do what they think they're supposed to be doing instead of checking in with themselves about what works for them. So my advice is to know what works for you, (laughs) like what Mm. is works and is workable you and so like a concrete practical thing to do is like is to track your time for a week like by by like by 30 minutes to an hour like 30 minutes to an hour like track your time from when you wake up to go to bed and then uh, you know in, like like every in these chunks write down what you've done and then I like to like people have heard this some people have heard this if you've been in this kind of self-help space or productivity yeah. space you've heard this before like I like to add another column to it and have it be like put a smiley face or a neutral face or a frowny face based on how you felt Mm. (laughs) while you were doing the thing (laughs) so that like you add another dimension to it. And then at the end of the day, track your energy levels and sense of fulfillment for the every day that week. And then at the end of the week, go... Go through what you track tracked and be like, identify where you're giving energy away that you maybe prefer not to like social media, sometimes favors for people like, Hey, can you help me out with this? And so you end up or phone calls that you take that are longer than you expect and, and then they drain you and like, mm. look for, so that's like a, a look for patterns. Like, do you actually have more energy at certain times a day or before or after certain activities, that kind of thing. That I think could help you avoid burnout and like it's kind of an all around generally a good thing (laughs) for even for after you're recovering from burnout to be like aware of what works for you. And then after you have a sense, like after you're like, oh, because usually most of us will find some things like that didn't work for me. Like that's not as workable. I don't prefer that. Then it's time to like set some boundaries And they don't have to be boundaries that you like. You're like everybody. I have boundaries now. Like, um, (laughs) but like a really good a book that I recommend is the Life Changing Magic of Not Giving a F by Mm -hmm. Sarah Knight. (laughs) Looks like this. It's a parody, a practical parody. But it's um basically the subtitle is How to Stop Spending Time You Don't Have with People You Don't Like Doing Things You Don't Want to Do.
0: Ooh, that's because a good subtitle. When
1: you do that, then you have more time and energy to give to the things that you love. I love that. So that's, that's my, how to avoid burnout in the first place or keep going. Um, I nice. have a question for you. Brian. Okay, I'm
0: ready. Ump.
1: Um, <laughs> <please>. <laughs> what are some of the common elements you see between
0: authors who have reached a full-time income. Awesome. Thank you. So the there are definitely common elements between authors who earn a full-time income. One of the big things is flexibility. They aren't necessarily enacting the plan they came up with five years ago. That plan has changed. They might not even be writing the same series of the same genre anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. These folks are continually putting words on the page. Maybe it's not every day, but every month they are producing words. They are getting words out into the world uh, and they are publishing. They are putting those words out there. Uh, And then a third thing is they are willing to ask for help. They, Mm. they very few full-time authors are, are one person shops. They have gotten Coaching or a virtual assistant, or, you know, definitely cover designers, editors, but they have gone to other people to farm out some of the tasks that were not in their zone of genius, that was mm-hmm. not something that they should be doing to tap into their most creative self. And they are making sure that if they find another task that has been on their list that they shouldn't be doing they look to offload that as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So thank yeah. You. To follow up with that question. Mm-hmm. So, and this is our last lightning question. Alt, but what are some of the strategies that six figure authors, maybe the same kind of six figure authors use on a regular basis to consist more consistently find success to kind of, up their chances of things working in their favor.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, I like, I agree with the ones that you said a lot about, you know, like continually pivoting and like being flexible. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I think authors do is they, they update their branding. Like, so that Mm. they make sure they constantly make sure that their branding is in alignment with what with what readers are looking for at the moment. And mm. so like whether it's whether it's new whether it's their first book that they're putting out and they're not like or whether it's a new book that they're putting out and they've made sure that the branding for the new book is is in alignment with what the genre is doing their genre is doing right now or whether they've taken their backlist and updated covers or blurbs or whatever to align with what their readers want. Um, so that's one thing I think that like branding in general is something that I think a lot of authors don't think about. And it's such a big topic. <laughs> and so I just mean like, like but making sh- and then the, so it's like a big topic that I'm like condensing. Um, yeah. I think that they bring everything back to their newsletter um, in some yes. way because the newsletter is the place that it's theirs. They own it like to, an, like it's theirs. It's not like once you have the list, once you have the somebody, a reader on your list with your, mm-hmm. their email, you can go to any newsletter <laughs> sender because <laughs> it's yes. yours. It's yours. It's not determined by, you know, you don't have to worry about whether Facebook's going to show something to them or anything like that. Um, so they constantly bring things back to that. And then the third thing, is that they really pay attention to their readers? Like they readers aren't just numbers or like dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they really um, know their readers and like treat them really well. Like they yeah. they take care of their readers. Um, and I, these are like things that I really like because, uh, and I talk like to talk about is because they're fundamental things. Like they don't necessarily. <laughs> like they they're fundamentals that we can all do no matter yes. what else is going on <laughs> in the publishing world we can all like align with our readers expectations keep our newsletter going and treat our readers like queens <laughs> so yes. um, and that's what six figure authors that's some of the
0: things that I see them do Oh, man. Speaking my language here, Ella. I love this. I love this. Um, Great answers there. Thank you. Thanks. Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, the lightning round has ended. We need a question of the week. Um, Oh, my goodness. Usually, we try to ask it about the top story. We could... I also I'm a high positivity so I'm I I'm also high positivity. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So we don't have to ask about find a way um uh I I'm interested in in this burnout thing. I'm also interested in these six figure strategies. You are the guest. Mm-hmm. Which direction would you like to go in today? Um I think I think I think
1: burnout slash sustainability. Mm, Like. Okay. Something
0: like that. I like it. So um, what is your burnout, your future burnout recovery plan? What does that look like? Because one assumes that everyone might run into it. Yeah. And just like an emergency home plan, we might not have it. Mm -hmm. but what what would be a part of your burnout, your future burnout recovery program? (laughs) What do you think? Does that work Um, for you? Yeah, that works. Okay, I'm going to write this down. What would be part of your future burnout recovery plan? Awesome. Well, you can answer the question of the week over at sellmorebookshow.com. Or at the Selmore Book Show after party Facebook group. Uh Ella, it was so nice having you here. I'm I'm thinking you should come back next week too. What do you say? I I think that sounds good. I'm excited for okay. that. Wonderful. Good. <laughs> good. Thank Me you. Too. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So uh where can people find you if they wanna chill with I me mean, more the best place is to
1: join my newsletter at authorlikeaboss.com.
0: okay awesome yeah. go check it out and yeah. listen to the the backlist at author like a boss podcast and go check mm-hmm. out the author like a boss Substack. yeah yeah all those that's places it. thank cool. you wonderful you're so welcome <laughs> uh as a reminder folks i've got a book launch class on the ultimate book launch checklist, so you can sign up for that. It'll be on Thursday at two o'clock Eastern, and we only have eighteen in-person tickets left to Self Publishing Live. So go check that out at selfpublishinglive dot com. For Ella, I'm Brian. Have a great week of book selling, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sellmore More Book Show. Visit the website at
1: www.sellmorebookshow.com for detailed show notes and subscription information or to send us news or comments for use on the show. Also, please take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening and happy bookselling.